0: Hello everyone, I'm Christine Bentley here with Kate Wheeler and you are listening to What She Said, brought to you by Roar Publishing from concept to content. We hope you're having a great weekend and thank you for tuning in. Well, Robbie Burns Day was on
1: Thursday, but we know some of you are still keeping the celebration going or the hangover going, which is why we are talking to the award-winning British comedian and cook, George Egg. He's known as the anarchist cook and mixes live cooking
0: and power tools with stand-up comedy. He's going to be here in just a few moments. (laughs) Do you ever beat yourself up from not meeting your own high standards? I think most of us do. Stephanie Jackson, a co-active coach at Beacon Coaching and Leadership, is going to help us crush that negative inner critic and find out where those negative thoughts actually come from.
1: Film critic Ann Brody has the latest movie and TV reviews. And Candace Derricks from lifeinpleasantville.com is going to give us some tips on how busy women can lighten the mental load. You know, the, the, those
0: constant ongoing lists.
1: lists that you have in your head. Yep.
0: Mm. We're also talking wine and champagne trends with Heather McDougall, a certified sommelier at Montecito Restaurant. And in our live studio sessions today, we have Vancouver-born singer-songwriter Claire Mortify, who is performing her new single Panther Pause. And don't forget, you can follow us on social media at What She Said
1: Talk, where you can get a look at what it's like here in studio, as well as watch some of the interviews you will hear on the show today and you can also download our podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts. You can find all those links right on our website which is
0: whatshesaidtalk.com We're going to take a quick break but when we come back the anarchist cook himself, George Egg will be here. This is What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Centre is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the Stand Up Drop-In Series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270.
2: This is 1059 The Region.
3: You make me
0: feel
2: the like kinda
4: love
1: need to get decked out in plaid or pretend to like bagpipes to celebrate this year's Robbie Burns Day. While it was officially on Thursday, our next guest is going to tell us how we can celebrate all weekend long, or maybe it should be recover all weekend long. (laughs) (laughs) Please welcome award-winning British comedian and cook, George Egg, to what she
0: said. Hello! (laughs) So for people who aren't familiar, what is Robbie Burns Day?
3: Robbie Burns Day is a uh, celebration of mm-hmm. the. Uh, it's the anniversary of the birth of Robbie Burns, who was around about two hundred and fifty years ago, and it's a big celebration in Scotland. Uh, he was a, a poet, it was a much sort of lauded. Uh, Poet and lyricist. He wrote "Old Lang Syne." Mm -hmm. He wrote "Old Lang Syne," which no one knows the lyrics of or what it means, but everyone sings it (laughs) on New Year's Eve. Everyone sings (laughs) it
1: drunkenly. (laughs) Drunkenly.
3: And so, yes, so Burns Night is a celebration of him, and it's a big Scottish event where people drink a lot of whiskey and have a Burns Night supper. Uh, which usually consists of haggis and neeps and tatties and all these sort of these traditional oh, i know food. haggis i
0: don't know the other leaps and tatties neeps. neeps neeps is
3: short for turnips which is basically swede because swede yeah. terms mm. similar kind of thing and tatties. Um, potatoes oh yeah so mashed i actually swede, mashed...
0: like um i like uh haggis
3: Haggis is nice. When people describe what's in it, yes, no, it doesn't sound it's very, uh, very attractive. Yeah. But uh, yeah, sheep stomach, barley, oatmeal.
0: Dave, Dave Duvall I used to, Dave. Uh, Dave Duvall and Bill Hutchison. Yeah, they. Uh, he used to bring it in because the ladies in town gave him some. It was great. But I, yeah. I,
1: I, I'm, I really have to delve into this because I mean, for those that don't know, you are known as the anarchist cook. Yes, you actually mix live cooking and stand-up comedy with power tools
3: uh with pa- well with with basically anything that is unconventional in the kitchen any so so uh at the uh doers scotch egg club uh, mm-hmm. uh that, that i was doing on thursday on burns night um i was doing a demonstration on how to cook in a hotel room yes so uh, using irons using irons uh cattle Trouser press, hairdryer, all the all the things that you would find that you would ordinarily think that's not for cooking with. I have worked out ways to make delicious food using those.
1: And I, and I understand this happened because you were banished from your own kitchen for various reasons.
3: Yeah, well, that's that's the. That's the premise for my... Basically, I have various different shows that I do that involve cooking with mm-hmm. non-culinary items. Mm-hmm. So uh, the one where I was banned from the kitchen, that was due to a health scare. My wife banned me from the kitchen and I went to the shed. And so in that show, I'm cooking with power tools, with wallpaper strippers and blowtorches <laughs> and hot air guns, make pasta with a paper shredder, that sort of thing. Um, Is this something you would recommend people not do This is something I would recommend. Oh, I would recommend. Oh, yeah, not without supervision, not without some some considerable forethought. But I'd recommend you do it. I mean, that's basically the show is it's about it's about cooking, it's about food and it's about comedy, but it's about being resourceful, Mm -hmm. about being imaginative and creative. And while I don't necessarily expect people to to go into their sheds and start cooking with their power tools or or staying in a hotel room and cooking with the irons, it is about thinking outside the box and They're looking beyond your perceived parameters and, and, and coming up with something new. So, I,
0: can, I can imagine some terrible accidents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can, <laughs> um, you.
1: <laughs> now you hosted, as you mentioned, the Doers Scotch Egg Club snack and dram bar in Toronto on Thursday night, where you featured whiskey cocktails and the ultimate Scottish Canadian snack mashup. Okay, I'm gonna go here. Scotch eggs with ketchup chips and haggis poutine.
3: Yeah, so I designed the (laughs) menu for the night as well because I'm a a cook as well as a a stand-up. And uh, yeah, the brief was to come up with a load of uh, recipes that use... Dewar's whiskey and combine uh Canadian uh sort of classics like poutine and 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 ingredients like maple syrup and ketchup chips and ketchup Uh, chips they are now a
1: Canadian classic I did not uh, know
3: apparently yeah And, uh, and combining those with traditional Scottish foods so so yeah so we've got that we've got an Aberdeen Angus beef scotch egg with black pudding in it um and there's a little bit of the Dewar's whiskey in there as well which is really tasty just a little just a little one, well, not too much. Cause you don't want it to overpower it. Okay, I and mean, you can have another glass of it on the side as well. so okay, it's fine. That's so you good. can get you can get your, your quota. But <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and the haggis poutine. That I was really pleased with that. So that's that's Haggis, haggis poutine. poutine.
0: How does that work?
3: Well, it's basically uh, uh, chips, uh, uh, you know, uh, fries with a haggis gravy. Uh, which is basically fried haggis with uh, some onion and garlic in there, and it's reduced down with uh, some stock and uh, a bit of uh, doers' whiskey in there too to get, get the notes of that. Um, and that's combined with, uh, I'm not sure, I, actually, I'm not, I can't remember if we did it with cheese curds or with, there, there were two versions I came up with one with cheese curds and one with uh, Scottish blue cheese instead of the traditional curds. And uh, it works beautifully. A few chives on top of that. Oh, superb. So let
0: me ask you, um, in, in this cooking with tools and stuff, I mean, yeah. there must have been some serious mishaps.
3: Oh, yeah. So, uh, tell, us oh, yeah. so tell us about one. Oh, yeah. Tell us about one. I have to hear about one. Um, I think probably my, my biggest triumph and, and biggest sort of mishap was, was trying to make uh, moule marinier in a hotel room kettle so if, so mussels, you know, mm-hmm. steamed mussels so to do that you need to instead of putting water in the kettle you put one of those little mini bar bottles of white wine that you get right. in, in the mini bar that goes into the kettle, bring that up to the boil put the mussels in, you have to hold the kettle on and hold the lid closed at the same time to get the steam to mm-hmm. open the mussels so that's that's, you know, yeah. that creates a bit of, uh, bit yeah. of danger. Uh, and then when they steam open, you put a little pot of cream in there, some parsley, shake it up into a bowl. And I did that in a hotel. The room stank afterwards of With fish chills, and, yes. burning. Uh, and burning. And <laughs> burning. <laughs> and I actually had to go out and buy but a replacement I, kettle yeah. for yeah, the I, hotel room. I like the churning like the, the, the,
1: the iron upside down, resting them between books, and you, using the surface... To make little mini pancakes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's one How of the things. How did you not have that? Like the stuff go in the in holes. In the vents. Yeah. Oh no, it goes in the holes. It goes in the
1: holes. <laughs>
3: did you replace the iron? Uh, yeah, well, actually, I tell you what it, it <laughs> tends to do with that is because um, the batter sets pretty quickly as soon as yeah, it gets hot. Yeah. So you kind it doesn't actually go into the holes. You get a kind of you, you just get a, quite an attractive pattern on the. Uh, on the finished pancakes. So.
1: Have you ever um, set off alarms in the in the hotel rooms? Smoke yep. alarms. Yeah. And what do they say when they find you? And uh, what you're they, up to?
3: They, I, I explained and uh, and and apologized, <laughs> and, and I haven't been back to those hotels since.
1: It's always better to beg beg forgiveness than, than permission. Ask for, yeah. Yeah. Ask for <laughs> permission. Yes, I, I work on that theory as well. <laughs> um, so uh, now that you're helping get us through um, Robbie Burns' weekend, yeah. what is next? for you.
3: Uh well when I get back uh to the UK I'm touring my show the DIY chef show which is the one specifically about mm-hmm. how to cook in a shed as opposed to a hotel room. Um I'll be touring that all around the UK. Um and uh well hopefully at some point maybe coming back over here talking to uh the the um Montreal Just for Laughs festival so maybe That's always a good, maybe it's something great will show. happen with that. Yeah. Maybe but, something uh, Yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe you can uh, Start offering classes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, well, but
3: I do find, I find people after the show, they'll, they'll come up, you know, people, certainly have people who came to see the first show in the, the hotel room show and then came back for the for the shed one, mm-hmm. have said, oh, I've tried doing this, I've tried doing that. And people send me, you know, pictures on Instagram of things people they've tried d- using their drill yeah, 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 for you, peeling. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, and, I've and, used a blowtorch for creme brulee, but then yeah. I got a
1: fancy one specifically for the, for the kitchen.
3: Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. It is, I yeah. mean, it is as you say you know a, a blowtorch is used quite commonly in mm. in the kitchen but it's about looking at anything and going well why does that have to be used for that purpose and and why not try it out elsewhere i mean a hot air gun you know like a, a heat uh, with a sort of metal coil in it mm-hmm. hot air gun is um, for like doing scallops it's absolutely perfect <laughs> it really is because <laughs> a blowtorch is a bit too fierce so it would yes. burn the outside yeah that would be good. With, with the scallop. No. but you know you get the half shell you put a knob of butter in there put a scallop in, hot air gun, minute on each side, squeeze of lemon.
0: I think the, the, the issue is just cleaning it again so you'll put it in your hair.
3: Oh, the hot... The, uh,
0: no, the curling... Uh, uh, what are we I don't know,
3: about? a hot air gun, like a uh, sort of thing that you get paint off with.
0: Oh, yeah. no, no,
1: no. It's yeah, not going in your hair, Christine. Because <laughs> you, you were... Yeah, I don't know why. It's I've made
3: a, like, a toasted sandwich with hair straighteners. So tell
1: what? us what your website is so people can connect with you. <laughs>
3: Uh, my website is anarchistcook.info.
1: Anarchistcook.info. Well,
3: and it's got all the dates and everything. I hope
1: for your wife's sake your shed is still standing.
3: Yeah, I hope so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Thank you. This is what she said and we'll be right back. Fear of missing out. FOMO flies out the door when you listen to Lena.
0: Who knew? I hope everyone will know by the end of this segment. Every time you come in, you have such great news
5: to share with us. Oh, thank you. I love sharing great news. Yes, I want everyone to know about it because it is such a great cause. I almost had tears in my eyes. Yeah. It is phenomenal. OMG. S- OMG. Uh- Join What She Said Weekends
1: and find out what lifestyle blogger Lena Almeida is loving.
2: York Region, York Region. Radio from your point of view. One oh five nine, the region.
4: Baby, I'm not like the rest. Don't want to break your heart. Wanna give your heart a break? I know you're scared. It's wrong. Like you might make a mistake. Then-
1: Welcome back ever beat yourself up for not meeting your own high standards? Well, joining us now is Stephanie Jackson, co-active coach at Beacon Coaching and Leadership, who's here to help us crush that negative inner
6: critic. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. So what is an inner critic? The inner critic is that bitchy voice that we hear um, that tells us we're not enough. Mm-hmm. So basically not good enough, not smart enough, interesting enough. Why would you do that? Nobody's going to listen to you. Who do you think you are? It's that voice. It's on a repeated track that we have just ingrained into, you know, our, our personal fabric that holds us back from doing the things that we truly want to do. We, we each have ideas, desires. Um, I mean, January is a great time, right? We write down our goals and our resolutions and and what are the things, the dreams that we want to bring out mm-hmm. into the world. We all have longings and yearnings. Um, the inner critic shows up to tell us, oh, don't do that. That might not go well. So it's a there's a protection around it. And then there's also a motivation around it as well. But essentially it holds us back and keeps us in a rut and keeps us feeling restless and um you know just stuck basically mm-hmm. stuck do you think everyone has that and and where does it come from mm-hmm. um honestly i do i mean i haven't talked to everybody in the world no, but, but. From, <laughs> <laughs> no. from my own experience and from working with many clients yes we all do well there are a couple of megalomaniacs that may not have it Narcissists, you mean? Yeah. 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 Some psychotic people, but they actually do. There is. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, And that's, it's an insecurity. So an insecurity will show up and manifest as this arrogant attitude or will show up as somebody shrinking back and isolating so there's two different ways i mean what we really want to do is get to this place where we stand our sacred ground and know who we are know our own identity and are comfortable with that but
0: where does it come from because mm-hmm. you you you're raising children so you want to know that so yes. you don't fear i think it comes from fear doesn't it fear of failure fear of yes
6: all yes. kinds of stuff so that's that's at the base of it so what it sounds like is just what i said like yeah do you have uh, an inner critic, ladies, that show up? That yeah, uh, I, I think yeah. I, yeah. I, I think yeah. I'm What's a big one Kate? of
1: Cinderella syndrome. I'm, well, when are they going to find mm. out that I, you know, I'm I'm I, I shouldn't be doing this? Ah, uh,
6: you're fake. Yeah. gonna like the wool mm. is just going to be pulled mm. out, and yeah, imposter, sim- imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah, Christine, anything?
0: Yeah, show I up. mean, I. I Yeah, I don't, and I've been told this by lots of people, that I just don't have, I mean, I I look like I have Mm
6: self-confidence, but I really don't inside. Mm. So it's low self-esteem, low self-worth, and you're right, where did this come from? Mm -hmm. So. It typically starts when you're younger and it comes from somebody who you've trusted, a parent or a teacher, a grandparent maybe, and what they've done is they've, they've said something to you and it, it's not intended to be negative. It's intended actually to protect you from something or to motivate you towards to motivate something, you. Yeah. right? So, but how we receive it is negative. And, for example, um, I have a friend who, you know, she, food was just a beautiful comfort and, and just a love language in their home. And so anytime, that, you know, you're feeling uncomfortable or you didn't have a good day, it's like, oh, let's eat. You know, let's eat. And her mom noticed that she was starting to get a little bit chubby. And I was like, um, you know, honey, you might not want to eat so many cookies because you're getting to the dating age. And, and what boy's going to ask you out? <gasps> Right? So that's a motherly motivation of, honey, don't eat so much because Mm. you don't want to be overweight. But you hear it as, oh my goodness, I'm fat. Nobody's going to like me. But okay, I'm a mother of two daughters. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Christine's a mother of two
1: sons. But when it comes to daughters, I mean, I, I couldn't put a step Right, You know, I, I could walk across the room wrong. Mothers take a lot of blame when they are trying to phrase.
6: So how do you phrase something like that? Mm-hmm. Because there's guilt attached to that, right? And then yes. there's shame. So you want, you want to say something that is healthy, that's going to help them understand that who they are is really about their worth that they are loved, that they are important, that they are creative, that they are solution oriented. So for something like that, you wanna be able to just talk about like, transparently what the what what health is and, and what the food does for you and, and what it's gonna to do to you. But um, just stepping back to like, I have another friend and she's beautiful. She's a 50 year old woman. And she says, anytime that she goes into a room where there's a party and there's a little group of people that seemingly know each other, she is instantly triggered by this bullying incident that happened when she was seven years old on the playground. So it's a trigger, right? And unless you can actually interrupt that trigger with something new, you are going to be brought right back to that seven-year-old you, and you're gonna feel all those emotions again, like, oh no, they don't like me, I'm not good enough, I shouldn't even be here, and you will do things to avoid that.
0: yeah, it was funny it's funny that you're talking about with my children. Mm-hmm. I used to say to them if they did something wrong, you know, I I I love you to pieces. I would lay down in front of a Mack truck for you. You yeah. are wonderful. Yeah. However, I do not like what you just did. I don't like the beha- this behavior mm-hmm. and please you need to change it. So I would separate the action from the person and I thought in my head that maybe that might help because I was riddled with guilt about, you know... Yeah, um, oh no, what
6: have I done to my kid? Because my Mm -hmm. father
0: was pretty strict and... And condi- it was conditional love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I try- was trying not to be. So we react against what our parents did, too. Right. right. So. They, are, they were a different generation.
1: So how do we get unstuck from this craziness? How do you confront your inner critic and say, exactly. go away?
6: Yes. So there is the reactive, which you were just talking about, Christine, and then there's the responsive. So I like to call the reactive brain, Ow ow brain, you're stepping on something that is compromising to me. So it feels pessimistic or cynical or um, you, there's a sense of bitterness and resentment that comes up. So all of those negative feelings, you just go, ooh, ow you just hurt me. So what you want to do is reframe that and you want to turn that into a wow brain. Okay, how do I use this as an opportunity? How do I turn this into a positive? Because there's always the what if something goes wrong? And then there's the what if it goes well? So give us an example. So in my own life, um, I'll take you back because a few years ago, I encountered a very major crisis. And, um, and I felt rejection, which is like you were talking about, Kate. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is based in fear, right? Fear of failure, fear of success, fear of not measuring up, fear of rejection. Fear of not being liked. Yes, exactly. So I felt this rejection in my life and it was, it was deep. And I wanted to go back and figure out when did this actually happen and how did it happen so that I could go back and actually rescue myself out of that and say, hey, you know what? We're okay. We survived. And we made it. Um, And it was when I was nine in grade four, we went to Pioneer Village, and we were, you know, pretending to be kids. Mm -hmm. And in a classroom, wearing our Pioneer clothes, I had to stand up and give my four times tables. Frozen in the middle of it, felt horrible, um, just wanted the ground to swallow up. And uh, to show, um, you know, the the class what would have happened back then, I had to sit in the corner with a dunce cap on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so shame inducer. Immediately I felt rejection, shame, embarrassment. And so I realized, oh my goodness, that's where it started. Right? And then I built up protection factors against it. So, you know, in, in, when I'm coaching clients and doing workshops, I have a five stone approach. So kind of like David with you know, the stones, you want to hit your Goliath. So my, my approaches are using the mind so that you can do reframing. Then there's body, right? Body language is so important, the way that you stand. And even if you just tell yourself, hey, I got this, by putting your hands on your hips, standing up tall, and actually telling yourself that and feeling it within you. Mm-hmm. Then there's also um, the mind, or sorry, the spirit, because we are mind, body, spirit. You know, just gratitude journal three things that you love about yourself every day. And if you don't know what they are, ask your best friend or your mom or somebody who truly loves you. They will tell you, oh, you're this, you're amazing at that, you're so creative, you're funny, you're beautiful, you light up the room, and then believe them, like truly do that. And then the, um, the most powerful uh, tool that I have is called finding your inner leader. So we're, we're talking about this inner critic, or saboteur, um, or gremlin, um, and what we wanna do is go in and find our inner leader. And so I take people on a meditation, and basically your inner leader is where you find all courage, clarity, truth, and compassion. So how do people connect with you? Um, You can go to my website, Mm beaconcoaching.ca. I'm currently running three workshops in the Stouffville area, and one of them is Crusher and a Critic. So this is really a 45-minute to an hour Mm -hmm. um, session that I work people through. And honestly, they leave with tools and tips and exercises that they can transform how they're thinking, because really it comes down to that, and then believing that they are worthy. And the the website is? Beaconcoaching.ca. Beaconcoaching.ca. And you also will do some things
1: with people on on the phone. There are various ways of working Yes, I can
6: work one-on-one. So we can uh, work by phone. We can work by video conferencing. Um, Again, all of that's on my website. Great. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's been awesome. (laughs) You are
0: listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. We'll be right back. Stay with us fashion is everything when it comes to hair so trust your hair to an artist Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision and the very latest hair care systems color and products to create looks that have heads turning your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own trust it to the experts start today, visit Kearns &
2: Co. The Spark of Markham, CFMS 1059, The Region.
4: Saturday Night at the Movies, who cares what picture you see?
1: And joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is film critic Anne Brody. How are you? Very well, thank you. Well, we are going to start off by talking about Film Stars Don't Die
7: in Liverpool. Oh, what a great true story. Do you remember Gloria Graham? Yes. Mm -hmm. She was a femme fatale in the films Mm -hmm. in the 40s and 50s. She moved to uh, Liverpool for some reason in the 70s. That would be an interesting reason to find out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) in fact, there was a good outcome. And she, at this point, was uh, in her 60s, 50s, 60s. -hmm. She met Mm -hmm. a young fellow, 28, who fell in love with her. And it became their passion for the rest of her life. Isn't that incredible? Something to look forward to. wrong with cougars. Oh, boy. Uh, so it's a true story. So the Broccoli family, who produces the 007 films, knew the couple and produced this film. Did you really say 007 as opposed to 007? You know, I just, I just lost it for a second. I know you're such a fan, and it's in your email. Yeah. So it's 007? 007. It's
1: 007, baby. Okay. Not
7: 007. You're a 00. <laughs> you're a 00. He's 007. Anyway. All right noted. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they produced this film because it, they, it was such an incredible story. And her his family uh, was very accepting of, of their relationship back in the 70s. Working class, Liverpool, and she was an actress. A huge actress, as a, as a matter of fact. So, um, yes. So her, the young man, Peter Turner, actually has a cameo in the film. He walks on and I don't know whether he's a director of a local play or a uh, stagehand or what he is, but he he goes out on stage and it's slightly dark and Annette Benning, who plays Gloria Graham, is standing there and they just have a moment. <laughs> it's just fantastic. Huh. How about Hollow in the Land? That is a Canadian film shot in B.C. in the wilderness. Um, it, it's uh, incredibly intense. It's about a family who has a bad reputation in their community. Mm-hmm. And... It permeates their entire life. So most of them die, leaving Diana Agron and um, her brother to, to fend for themselves. Well, he's a bit of a troublemaker, and he disappears. And shortly after his disappearance, a body's found, and he's blamed for it. She feels in her bones he didn't do it. So she goes off in chase of him in the winter with guns a And it is so naturalistic, and yet here she is. She's like, she's like a warrior, uh, and she carries through this harrowing journey, and uh, you know, comes to a conclusion. It's really interesting. What about the insult? Oh, that's the that's shortlisted for the best it foreign language. Certainly, certainly. is yes, and it has a good shot. Although I think the square is going to win. But it's about um, a Palestinian refugee working in Beirut, and he's accidentally sprayed by a Christian uh, Lebanese who is watering his plants. And they start to fight, and it escalates. You know how people get, they just won't give up on something. Mm -hmm. And so it escalates and escalates, and they begin to threaten each other. It actually ends up in court, and it becomes a national political um, sort of war, and there are riots on the street all over somebody being sprayed by water. And it's a really interesting view how unstable life is, Anywhere in the world. Okay, so it's it's Palestine and, and Lebanon and everything, but it's just people are people. And sometimes you just have to say no and refuse to carry on with something.
1: Okay, tell us about The Secret. That's a a, a British series about
7: passion and murder and betrayal, but it's on the C B C. Yeah, it's an I T V show and they have C B C is running a lot of these great shows that I like to call Alla Acorn. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about <laughs> it opens up. A fella and a gal are in bed. Um, Next thing you know, they're in church with their partners. They're having a passionate affair, and they very quickly—this all happens in the first few minutes—you're led into their plot onto how they're going to get rid of their mates. And it's really naturally done. You sort of follow them in real time as he sends the, the hose into the bedroom, into the car exhaust, Uh, And I've only seen a couple of episodes, and I cannot wait to see how it turns out. Mm. It's very good, very good.
1: Now, you didn't like American Crime Story much.
7: I found it too um, horrific, frightening. So so what do you think about Cold-Blooded? I was worried about it. I wasn't looking forward to watching it. It's really good, and it's not too upsetting. You remember the in Cold-Blood case, Mm -hmm. the Clutter family murders in Mm -hmm. Kansas in 1959. Mm -hmm. And Truman Capote went down and he got to know the two fellows and he fell in love with one of them. And he wrote a landmark book in Cold Blood, which was the first nonfiction <laughs> novel. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so what this is is a documentary, interviews with the families and people and law enforcement involved. It's tremendous awesome. on Sundance. Great. And we have to leave it there. And ah thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome.
2: 105.9 The Region. Keeping the 905 in the know.
0: Joining us now is Candace Derricks from LifeInPleasantville.com. Welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm great. And I'm. this is a topic I'm dying to talk about, which is lightening the mental load for women. Yeah. And
5: for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, explain. Right. Well, the mental load is just sort of this, this load that women carry around that typically... It's the mother in the family who carries this load. And there was a cartoon um, that went viral. Anybody can search it. It's called "You You Should Have Asked," and it's um, EmmaClit.com. And this whole cartoon—it just beautifully explains how we carry Mm -hmm. around this extra burden of things. And so it really resonated with a lot of women um, this past year. And sort of, it's—I think it's made a lot of us sort of second guess how we're dealing with things because stress is uh, is not good for your health. No, right? no I, I always find that it's like I, I have to, I keep
1: everybody's lists in my head, yes. right? So it's like yes. I have to make sure that that appointment's been made, that right. that's been kept, that that's done, plus right. my own stuff.
5: Well, it's also, too, like, you know, one of the things, for example, that I've done to sort of lighten the mental load is like when I ask my kids now to do something and I'll say, you know, I need you to, um, to call and make an appointment for your orthodontist, uh, my daughter will say, yeah, yeah, I will remind me. Remind me to do that. Uh-uh. No, no, no. I have now asked you. It is now in your court, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm done. Because then I ha- now have to carry around the task of reminding her. Right. And it's also right? not
1: that, because I know with my husband, he'll say the same thing. All good intentions. Of course. Right? It's like, remind me that, you know, it's garbage day tomorrow, yeah. or whatever. It's like, no, because now you're making me into a nag. Yeah. I don't want to be a nag. It right. should be something that it's like, it's, that's, you've said that's going to be yeah. your responsibility. You do that,
5: and you live in, the, in and you live in this house. So mm-hmm. take on some of the burden of these things. So that's sort of for me uh, is just this year is all about finding ways to lighten that mental load. And so one of the ways that I've done it is through HelloFresh. So I've been a raving fan of theirs now since oh. last spring mm, I know. Uh, when I first found, <laughs> and I. Love it, and there's so many reasons why uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about it because I think it's such a great thing for busy uh, moms and families. And one of them is that I don't have to think about dinner mm-hmm. three nights a week. So how does how does it work? So you you subscribe mm-hmm. um, to this service, and it comes to your gets delivered to your door. And there's you know uh, there's vegetarian options. You can do it for two. You can do it for four. Uh, Everything comes pre-portioned, and I love that there's no waste. This mm-hmm. is huge. There's no waste in any of this. Um, they come with these amazing um, recipe cards. So if there's a meal, for example, that you really, really liked, you now have the recipe to follow on your mm-hmm. own for another time. Yeah, we should explain It's not cooked, Christine. No, like, yeah. you, you cook it. You but, cook but it. But it's all, all the raw, raw
0: ingredients exactly. come to you. Yeah. So when you go on the website, like for a person who's single, yeah. so you... But a family of four or five, yep. you know, you kind of throw in a few for a child's friend for dinner or whatever. Well,
5: you know, I've, we, it only comes for a family of four, which is fine. Um, and you choose what you want. Uh, but, you know, we I always find that we have some leftovers. So, yeah, if we do end up with an extra kid, which we often do, there's enough for them. Um, but I also like it that because we're a busy family, if I have two kids out on tasks, we can only, We can sometimes we'll just cook half of it. And it's portioned in a way that you can cook it for two or four. So I love That's that. That's yeah. Um, Yeah. It comes in these, like, you know, everything, they're very environmentally friendly, so it comes in these bags. In Ottawa, well, well, we have composting. Not every region has it yet, but these bags become my compost bag, basically, so everything goes into it. So I, I feel like it's no waste. It's environmentally friendly. And is there,
0: is there enough variety? Oh, because okay. I think oh. there are complaints, you know,
5: there are different options out there yeah, for there
0: people. Yeah, there are and different they,
5: services, for And sure. people,
0: one of the complaints I've heard is, oh, it's the same old stuff after a couple of weeks. I like haven't seen
5: i haven't seen any repeats like i uh, like they sometimes they'll put out a fan favorite that people raved about but that's really like it's really stretched out and things are very different and i also love that it makes you try new things mm-hmm. a jerk pork chops here yep. in front and we got pan seared steak yep. and savory, sav- savory turkey soup yeah all perfect you know great stuff but you know some people might might think oh i i'm not gonna make jerk like they might not think they like it But then it comes to the door, and you try it, and you actually love it. So it's actually exposed us to a lot of different um, flavors as well, and especially my children. So so
0: you you don't have the kids at the
5: table going, oh, not that again. And here's just another thing on the mental load. Because I have older kids, right? So 13 and 15. Mm -hmm. So now I hand them the recipe card and say, dinner's on you. And I go mm-hmm. do what I need to do because it's all there. They can handle it at their age they're at, mm-hmm. and in fact, it's inspiring them, inspiring them to get in the kitchen and try new things. So it's a really great service. It's 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 one of my favorite things this year, <laughs> and I want to share it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I just you laugh because my least favorite thing in my whole life was walking through the door after mm. like, doing the six o'clock news. Oh, and what's for first, dinner? What's for dinner? it's like you've been you've been <laughs> home yeah since you know after school
5: right and i'm getting what's for dinner i've just walked in the door i don't know you tell me Well, I, they, now I they could say, <laughs> i have to say the whole family's on board with this because they they see it come in and it's like who's cooking who's what meal this week right yeah, yeah. Can take it's all pick. there that's pretty
1: good that's yeah it's worried. amazing do you
5: know the website off by heart for- uh hellofresh.ca
1: oh well, that's pretty easy. it's
5: really easy and, and, super, and you know you, you, it's a su- subscription service but you can pause it at any time and where is
0: it in Ontario or everywhere? Uh, they're everywhere okay
5: perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah. well
0: thank you so much for joining us thank you this is what she said on 105.9 The Region stay with us <laughs> Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the Stand Up Drop-In Series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270.
2: The Region. Growing with you and your family.
1: Welcome back. Joining us now is Heather McDougall, a certified sommelier at Montecito Restaurant. And with their second annual wedding show on today, we thought we would pick Heather's brain about the latest wine and champagne trends because you never know when they'll come in handy. Welcome, Heather, to what she said.
8: Thank you so much for having me.
1: So now the show is... The wedding show, it's the second time you've done this wedding show. So tell us about what's going on. People can
8: race down there right now. They can certainly join us right now. The wedding show is in full swing. So last year when we invited everyone into our building, we really used it as a platform to showcase the versatility of the restaurant that Innovate Hospitality and Ivan Reitman built. They built Mm -hmm. it with entertaining in mind, and especially large-scale entertaining. So we can remove every stick of furniture and make it seem like a completely different space. You can host a wedding there? Very easily,
0: And big events?
8: Large events. So Like for for how many people? For cocktail style receptions we can welcome up to four hundred guests. And for seated weddings we can easily do two hundred.
0: Who
1: knew? Oh, my goodness. What was it that Ivan Reitman wanted to bring to Toronto? What was his idea?
8: He wanted to bring a little bit of California to Toronto. The -hmm. name Montecito is native. Did he bring the weather? (laughs) Only when he visits, which clearly hasn't been often enough. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 only
0: inside.
8: (laughs) Luckily, there are no mudslides inside Montecito right now. We are warm and dry.
0: So let's start with some of the top trends for wine right now.
8: Absolutely. I think the same thing that has happened with, Food and everything is now happening in wine. People are demanding more out of a bottle of wine. They want to know where the grapes are grown, by whom the grapes were grown, if there is any chemical or pesticide intervention. Mm -hmm. So the world of wine is becoming more transparent, which is so refreshing.
1: So to speak. (laughs) 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 What about... types of wine. Do you see trends? I mean, for a while, Chardonnay was very, very popular. Everyone was drinking Chardonnay. Now, most of my friends are ABC, anything but Chardonnay. Their taste buds seem to have changed. Um,
8: But is it red? Is it white? Is it sparkling? Do these things come and go? Absolutely. Just like everything else, trends in wine are cyclical. So we're starting to see Chardonnay making a comeback, but in a very different style. We're starting to really see the range of Chardonnay that's available from the big, oaky, mm-hmm. luscious, buttery style to the lean, mineral, precise, refreshing style, it's fair game. And, now and see, I'm already lost.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, al- I'm already
8: lost. <laughs> so think about kind of two ends of a spectrum. If you like something that's very linear and crisp and refreshing and light and just thirst-quenching, then a Chardonnay from northern France, from Chablis, would be right up your alley. If you like something a little bit more mm-hmm. luscious and oaky, more of that butter quality, mm-hmm. then pick Chardonnay from somewhere warm, because mm-hmm. it's only with ripeness that you'll get a lot of that quality. See, I felt,
1: I felt, You'll appreciate the humor in this. I was, t- I said I didn't like Chardonnay, and I was given um, some taste tests, and I really like that one. And it's like, that's the
8: Chablis. That's That's the unoaked Chardonnay, right? So I do like it. I just don't like the oaky. Exactly. Oftentimes, it's not that you don't like Chardonnay, because Chardonnay is a hugely expressive grape Mm -hmm. across the entire gamut of styles. You just need to find the right one for you. And it's the same thing when we start to discuss trends in champagne. I use everyone's baseline Chardonnay preference as where to guide them in the world of champagne, because just like everything else, there's a huge spectrum of styles.
0: Mm -hmm. So... In a wedding situation where you're trying to please everyone, not just the bride and groom and their immediate families, what do you? What tips do you give people in terms of what they choose for?
8: I always suggest medium, medium, medium. Medium <laughs> intensity, medium body, medium structure. Pick something that's obviously delicious. You want your guests to enjoy the wine, not be challenged or dislike it. So anything too overt, anything with too much oak or too much fruit or too much sweetness, avoid it. Just pick modest wines that are good companions to a wide range of foods. Now,
1: we also hear about label language. What's label language?
8: So it's little clues on the outside of the bottle that can kind of tip you one way or the other to know if the wine is for you or not. I mean, we talk a lot about label language when we talk about sparkling wine and champagne. We also talk about it when we look for clues in Riesling or table wines as well. If you're someone who likes a full-bodied, luscious wine, when you're standing on the shelf at the LCBO, it's really tough to discern which bottle Mm -hmm. is going to be for you. It's a pretty label, though. (laughs) It's a pretty label, absolutely. But there are small clues on the label that can guide you towards one style or the other. Like? Look at the alcohol percentage. Any red wine over 13.5% is going to be fuller in body. It's going to have more fruit because it has additional ripeness. Anything in the 10 to 12 range is going to be leaner stylistically. During alcoholic fermentation, yeast eat sugar to produce alcohol and carbon dioxide. So the more alcohol produced means the more sugar consumed. And you only get sugar with ripeness and you only get ripeness with sunshine. So you pick somewhere warm, look at the total alcohol on the bottle and if you see something at 14, you know that's
0: gonna be right up your alley. Generally speaking, when we talk about any kind of liquor, whether it be wine or hard liquor, the higher the price, usually the better the product. Now, in a wedding situation where you might have 400 guests, let's say, Mm -hmm. uh, and people are on a budget, are you able to steer them to something that tastes medium, is not offensive, but is still affordable? That's why I've trained for years and tasted thousands of
8: wines. You poor That's thing. Why. I know. Oh, so tough. <laughs> the agony. <laughs> but one of the things I find to be absolutely essential when building wine lists for restaurants and choosing wines for weddings is I always want to over-deliver on value. So when I sit down with 20 bottles in front of me, I'm very easily able to taste through and go, wow, this bottle, while it's only $15, actually tastes like it could be 20 That's a good bet. That over-delivers on value. Or this bottle that they're asking $30 for should actually be 22, so that's a hard pass. Mm -hmm. So having the ability to edit and kind of rank wines makes my job a lot easier. So let's
1: talk about then the difference between Champagne and a Prosecco.
8: Absolutely. So both are from very specific places on the globe. Prosecco is from northern Italy. Mm -hmm. Champagne is from northern France. Champagne is predominantly made with a blend of three grapes, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Pinot Meunier, and Prosecco is made entirely of Glera. The other main difference is how they're made. Champagne is a double fermentation with a second fermentation happening in the bottle, and Prosecco is single fermentation, bottled under pressure. Now, it's less expensive to produce Prosecco than it is to produce Champagne. With Prosecco, there is no mandatory minimum aging. They can ferment, bottle, ship and sell. With Champagne, there is 18 months that they're required to hold back their wine, in bottle for the second fermentation to happen before they're able to finish, ship and sell. So the investment of time also requires an investment of capital. It's also more expensive to grow those three grapes, which tend to be more difficult and more picky than it is to grow Glera in Northern Mm -hmm. Italy. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the major reasons why champagne is more expensive. It's more expensive to produce on the growing side. It's more expensive to actually make into sparkling wine And the investment of capital to hold it back so it's aging properly on its lees before
0: it's being released also requires money. Let me ask you, uh, people who have certain fridges or storage or for various things, I understand for an $800 bottle of wine, but for the normal run-of-the-mill stuff under 50 bucks that most people buy, Mm -hmm. do we really need to have a wine fridge? Do you need to have the
8: the fanciest wine fridge? No. No. If you have a coolish spot somewhere in your home, that's totally fine. For the longest time when I moved to Toronto, my entire wine collection lived in flat pack 12s under my bed because my bedroom was the coolest room in
0: my house. Do they have to be on their side or standing up? On their side is better. Okay. And any any particular way we should store champagne, for
8: example? Champagne, just like any other bottle, I usually keep two or three in the fridge, just in case. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have terrible, terrible yeah. wine, <laughs> it. but it's stored like regular wine, stored on its side, somewhere cool. So, if somebody wants to come,
1: um, if if they can't make it to the, to the bridal show today, to the uh, at Montecito Restaurant, you can consult with them and help them through.
8: Oh, most certainly. We have an amazing events team led by Leslie Bernardi. Mm -hmm. And if anyone wants to reach out that can attend, she's very easy to reach by email. It's events at MontecitoRestaurant.ca. And she will invite you in, take you on a tour of the space, and kind of let you know what's possible. Because really, the sky's the limit.
1: Mm -hmm. And you seem to be very straightforward in the way you talk about wine, which is is refreshing in itself. Because otherwise, we just, you know, it, it does... We all get clouded about what we're thinking. Of
0: course. I believe oh, yeah. in finding oh, yeah. a wine I like and yeah. drinking it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> I believe the exact yeah. same thing. Well, my children's generation, however, have a whole language that I don't understand oaky smoky and a little bit of this and that and, you know, <laughs> and whatever. They're wine snobs, which is super
8: fun, but I believe very strongly that wine needs to be two things, and these two things are non negotiable it needs to be fun and it needs to be delicious. So if it's not delicious, then you shouldn't drink it. And if it's not fun, then you're hanging out with the wrong wine people. And uh, tell absolutely. me, can it be delicious to me and not delicious to you?
0: And that's absolutely. okay? Thank
8: you. It doesn't make me right and you wrong or you right and me wrong. We just like different things. Okay. And that's I'm going to totally quote you okay. on this. You may. <laughs> Thank <Heather> you. <laughs> Thank you
1: very much uh, for coming in. The Sommelier at Montecito Restaurant. And what she
0: said, we'll be right back. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit Kearns <laughs> Want to know more about the music and the musicians you love?
4: Today we're talking about five bands that have been at it for a very long time. The entire album was recorded over three weekend sessions for a cost of $6,000. Whenever I do an impression of Bob Dylan, that's the only line
0: that I do. Tangle up in blue. That's, that's it. And you that, do it that's All well. I Do, do I can't it again. Do do any it again. up in blue. <laughs> <laughs> what That Eric Alper Knows will spin your head Sundays on What She Said Talk.
2: York Region, this is your radio station, 105.9 The Region.
0: You are listening to is Panther Pause" by Vancouver born singer-songwriter Claire Mortify. Welcome to what she said. Thank you so much for having me. A burst of color in all ways. <laughs> yes. First of all, tell us how you got started in the music industry.
9: You know, I have been singing since I was in grade two. That was the first time I was on stage. Um, and I just never stopped. Both of my aunts are professional singers and did lots of musicals and yeah. Started performing my own original stuff. I think when I was 16, on stage, and and you just released your debut album, Medicines,
0: earlier this year. Where did your inspiration from that project come from?
9: That project was largely inspired by my urge for self empowerment. Kind of, I was mentioning that earlier. It's just, it's been such an important part of um, my personal journey to support myself and remembering who I am and remembering my own strength. So it really just. I wanted to create a project that I could sing and remember my own uh, inner power.
1: Well, you're a Reiki master and a, and a life coach, and you preach a sense of positivity and mindfulness in your music. What do you hope that listeners take away from the album?
9: I hope that they can take away the same thing that I take away, which is just, again, remembering that light that we always have access to and that we always are. And... Um, yeah, I think it's going to touch different individuals in different ways, and that's all blessed and wonderful. I'm just grateful that people are taking it in.
0: What is the uh, the, the music video for Panther Pause is out now. What's the meaning behind the name of this song?
9: Yeah, the name of the song Panther Paws was partly inspired by the Black Panther Party of the 60s and 70s. Ah. Yeah, and just um, how inspired I was by the mission to um, uplift the community that really started at the beginning of the inception of the community projects with the Panther Paws or with the Black Panthers. And yeah, for me... um, you know, in my relationship with my partner, I've been learning a lot about my privilege, and I just wanted to make a song about what that experience had been like for me and in, in, in loving him.
1: Well, you've had a, I would say, fairly busy year uh-huh. performing at California's Lightning in a Bottle Festival, releasing the music, recently mm-hmm. attending the 2017 LA Pride kickoff at Mayor Eric
9: Garcetti's LGBTQ party. Mm-hmm. Um, what's next? Well, we are really excited to be um, pushing the video right now, the Panther Paws video. And um, also, I'm working on some new stuff
0: Mm. for the new
9: year, so I'm really excited about that. And as I mentioned, um, planning a move to Toronto. I just love it out here. I love the people out here, the community. and so. We know
1: you've just had enough of the Vancouver rain. Oh,
9: that too, that too. (laughs)
0: Welcome to the snow.
9: (laughs) Thank you. So So, uh, where can people find you online? Yeah, you can find me at clairemortifee.ca. I also have an Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. um, But I'm definitely most active on my Instagram and my stories. And I love uh, chatting with people on there and DMs. So please reach out if you feel so inclined. Mm -hmm. Well, that is it
1: for What She Said. Be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. But singing us out now in our live studio sessions, here is Claire Mortifee performing
9: Panther Paws. Thank you. Panther pies, they're
4: padding on the hardwood, and I'm lost for words. Uh
5: huh.
4: Panther jives, I warned you I'd perpetuate the worst of all worlds. You are one in a billion bulls. one to light my dark and I know when I go my panther will lead home and I know when I go my panther will lead home yeah I know One to light mine. So yeah, I know you're the first one to light So so.
9: Thank you, guys. <laughs>